This episode originally aired on January 7th, 2022 on the Unethical Patreon. Go there if you want more stuff. Our client today is a longtime friend of the show, all-around hilarious dude, Virgil Elephas. Elephas? Elephas? Virgil. Because I'm seeing Mr. Mackey. Wow. And I and here I thought that, that Richard and I were the comedians, but there comes Rick with that absolute fucking red hot zinger. So guys, if anybody comes in looking for me today, my name's not Abigail. I'm Fonda. Fonda Dix. Oh, Fonda Dix. Oh God. Okay. Well that that sounds like a totally serious name that no one would question. Thanks for giving us a chuckle today. And also we have to have a conversation. There's been some weird stuff going. Hey, how's it going? This is Officer Virgil. I'm I'm here looking for Abigail. Well, that's uh Abigail. I don't know any Abigails. You guys know any Abigails? No, no. I I only know one person ever. Her name's Fonda. Uh, shit, I guess I'll stick around and wait for her, but uh, while I'm here, I got this fucking case I can't solve. I could use a couple dicks to, you know, get my hands on to help with this. Officer wants to play with dicks. Classic officer. All the time. I need a few good dicks. What, what do you want us, like, to do? Oh, uh, I got this file right here. It's on uh, this this house. It's some weird shit going on. I just can't figure it out, man. It's, you know, I'm I'm stuck on it, so I was hoping, you know... Maybe while I wait for this chick, you guys can help me out. Are you talking about the Watcher House? Exactly. That'd be the one. How'd you know? I was just, I was looking into this all week. I don't know why. So I already know. We'll go through it and you, we'll tell you the answer. Sound good? We can do that right now. Yeah, let's do this. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. So today, I was telling the guys and the girl that this one here is scary to me. I find this terrifying episode. I just want you guys to know that. It's Nightmare Fuel and a Half. We'll see. We'll see how you guys think about it. Who are the watchers? What we're trying to figure out today, just for Rick's clarity as to exactly what we're trying to figure out here today. Who is the watcher? or what's going on at the Watcher House. We'll start in 2014 with a family named the Broadduses, last name Broadduses. They're a family of five. Derek and Maria Broaddus bought their new home in Westfield, New Jersey. So we're going to Jersey douchebag town. Joyzy. The house is now known as the Watcher House of Westfield. But before this whole thing, it was just referred to as 657 Boulevard. So I'm going to be saying 657 Boulevard a lot, but when I'm referring to that, it means the watcher house. It's okay. Uh, 657 Boulevard is a 110-year-old colonial home that is nearly 4,000 square feet in size. It is a three-story near-mansion-sized house with high ceilings, elegant columns, multiple fireplaces, and a sweeping verdant garden. The Broaddus has bought 657 Boulevard from John and Andrea Woods for $1.4 million. Oh, my God. Pretty big house. An income bracket I am firmly unfamiliar with. Yeah, I think we're all going to be unfamiliar with that. Yeah, but it depends on the area you live in. Like, if you live anywhere near D.C., you have a small-ass house, and that's what they start at. It's like a million. That's true. 
Oh, I just mean anything for that much money ever is fully outside of my ability you just to go into debt for the rest of your life and you put it on credit and you never pay it off pal i did that for a twenty thousand dollar car so <laughs> let's reassess what you think my credit is worth <laughs> fuck i wish i would have thought to buy a house with this credit i fucked it up before i could get yeah. the house god damn only i could get a twenty thousand dollar house in shitfield alabama <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there's a tid shack waiting out there for you somewhere, RJ. Certainly. The Woodses were both in their mid 60s. They had two grown up sons. So they were just looking to downsize for their golden years. John Woods was a, or is, I guess, a cell biologist who went for his postdoctoral studies at Yale. Smart guy. He and his wife both worked at Merck, which is a pharmaceutical company that makes vaccines and other products. They lived there for 23 years prior to the Broadduses buying it from them. Uh, the six-bedroom house was way bigger than Derek and Maria needed for them and their three kids. Uh, it was their dream house in a dream neighborhood. All three of their kids, I should say, were between the ages of five and ten. Derek Broaddus grew up in Maine in a working-class family. He worked his way up to a position as senior vice president at a mandate insurance company. Does anyone know what a mandate insurance company is? Because I fucking don't. I looked it up. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. It's a company that pays you enough money to afford a $1.4 million <laughs> mortgage. Yeah, it's an insurance douchebag. So yeah, I'm sure. Whatever it is. Maria actually grew up in Westfield, where the 657 Boulevard is, from another working class family. Or sorry, uh, she lived. she ended up growing up just up the road from where 657 Boulevard was. So that house to her was the, it's the nicest one in the neighborhood. It's the biggest one probably. And then they got an opportunity to buy a house there. So they did. And West in Westfield, they were moving. It's in New Jersey. It's closer to New York. Uh, it's got a medium household income of $155,000 a year and has a population of approximately 30,000 people. It's the 99th most rich city in America. Average house cost there is just over $800,000. So $1.4 is on the high end of how much houses cost. The low end's on the high end. Exactly. Yeah, that's the middle end. The low end's probably like $500,000 for that tin shack we were talking about. <laughs> it's basically the suburbs of New York. It's 45 minutes drive to Manhattan. So when they saw it, when the 40-year-old couple saw the house go up for sale, they couldn't resist the beautiful, nearly 110-year-old home. They had saved most of their adult lives to live this dream. The house was built in 1905 by prominent Herbert Persall. He sold the house, the, the 6657 uh, Boulevard, to the town's mayor in 1913 for $1. The mayor sold it to his son in 1947 for $1. They sell it for a dollar in 1951, and then it sold it again for another dollar in 1953. And guess what? In 1955, they sold it for a dollar, whoever owned it. I don't understand why these dollar sales are going on. It must be some tax fucking thing. I don't I think it was it was that 40 years that inflation just froze. Yeah, yeah. Had a dollar for yeah. a mansion yeah. with fucking I don't it must be some sort of tax write-off. I don't get why they were doing it. Virgil seemed to know what it was. He went, yes. Yeah, it's uh the tax rate goes off of how much you pay. So it was yeah. like buy a piece of shit car. You, you say you paid 50 bucks for it. And yeah. You pay taxes on. That's kind of what I figured, but was it that, or was it something else? Cause this house has had some fucked up shit happen to it, to the new owners. So I just kind of want to put it out there that everyone was selling it for a dollar. Maybe it's for taxes. Maybe it's something else. 
1955, the people who bought the house in 55 were named Lawrence and Mary Schaffner, and they kept the house until 1990 when they sold it to the Woodses. I don't know if that was for a dollar. No disclosure on how much, mm. but it might have been. Who knows? So the the dollar thing, though, that the, the I don't know if you see the full picture behind that. The, the idea is they still they claimed it for a dollar, but there was very likely fistfuls of cash happening under the table. Oh, yeah, because they whatever they saved in taxes, they probably just right. Like, I'll give you half of what I would have had to pay in taxes and then just sell to me for a dollar. Sure. Right. Yeah, I get that. Like, I'm, oh, okay. I, I, trust me. I trust me. I, I know all about tax evasion. Look at me. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I'm just saying, like, I get it's probably because of that, because of tax purposes. But I also but want to put it out there. that It might not be because of that. Maybe it is. Maybe you're it isn't. waxing horrifically. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, they kept the Shafters kept it until 1990 when they sold to the Woods. And they the Woods is owned it for the 23 years, like I said. So the Woods is sold it for like a lot more than a dollar, like a million and a half, right? So I find like maybe they this was their retirement plan. Maybe they just wanted to get they bought that for a dollar and fuck it, we'll build it up and sell it off. I don't know, but they left. That's all I'm saying. They're done. The Broadduses have it now. All right. June 2nd, 2014, the house closed and the Broadduses were the official owners of 657 Boulevard. Derek and Maria didn't move the family in right away. They were planning to renovate the house before the whole fam jam made their appearance. Uh, They would, however, slowly move stuff in from time to time, but they currently live just down the street in a different little New Jersey town, not that far away. So they had both houses at the same time. So three days after closing, Derek Broaddus spent the day renovating alongside the hired contractors, prepping the house for the whole family to move in, and he checked the mail, 10 o'clock at night. In the mailbox, he found an anonymous white card-sized envelope addressed in thick handwriting to, quote-unquote, the new owner. The typed letter read in part, and I quote, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, how did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s. My father watched it in in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies between the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. So, just terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Um, so the letter keeps going. I asked the Woods to bring Youngblood. It looks like they listened. Wait, what? The Woodses? So there's like a fucking the Woods? The, what? He's talking about the previous owners. The letter continues. Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Who am I? Hundreds of cars pass by the house every day. Maybe I am in one. Check all the windows that can be seen from 657 Boulevard. Perhaps I am one. And then it ends with, Welcome, my friends, welcome. Let the party begin. And it was signed with a typed out cursive font. The Watcher. Thoughts. 
Um, just some fucking bored loser. <laughs> I agree. Because like it reads like fucking some dim-witted fan fiction. I mean, that's like the actual wording of the letter. That's the actual wording of the letter, yeah. Yeah, it's someone trying too hard to be spoopy. Sounds like a bad Tinder profile. <laughs> I, I'm i going to go ahead and, and depart from that opinion because if that was someone's Tinder profile bio, I would be extremely interested. <laughs> that is way better than, oh, I'm just looking for blah, blah, blah. No, that's just straight up fucking insanity. <laughs> Color well, me intrigued. Abigail, do you have kids? No. So I'm the only person with children. Or you must have children, Virgil. But you don't care. You're a goddamn Satanist. You're like me. Who gives a shit? But I mean, at the end of the day, these guys were fucking terrified of this uh, letter. Like three days into being there, and they're telling them they're going to call my children out from the backyard. I don't care how fucking bad fan fiction that is. I'd be high alert too. My kids, I don't care how. Nerds Nerds are the ones fucking kids. You know what I mean? Like those are the ones... Uh, like the scary ones that write shit like this are the ones probably fucking my children. No, thanks. I'll, I'll be sitting and waiting for the next time you self-describe as a nerd. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. I, <laughs> I what I'm saying is the ones that are writing shit like this, the nerds that are writing stuff like this sure. are the ones looking for children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like of they're course not they're nerds terrified. in the Marvel sense. They're nerds in the kitty porn sense. Gotcha. <laughs> they have a, they have a different ner- kind of, it's not an action figure collection. It's a different kind of them. Their collections on a hard drive buried in the floorboards. <laughs> I'm using your descriptor. I don't think this is a nerd. So uh, uh, you said gotcha. this is it sounds like a nerd doing fan fiction. I just uh, think this is some fucking crazy person who lives in the neighborhood, really. Yeah. Uh, or other things like. But anyways, when my Could kids be, are at. What? My, well, OK, so this is like an upscale um, downstate place. Um, what? Color was the skin of the bodices when they moved in. I'm going with white. Oh, all right. If it was if it was black, I, I would not put it past those fucking pieces of shit down there to be like, hey, we don't want them here. Wrong I have an idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wait, pieces of shit down there. Is that how you refer to New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's how I refer to <laughs> downstate above the city. Those people are fucking terrible. <laughs> They that's act, how i refer that's how i refer to new jersey people just so you know no okay i mean also that. new jersey as an aside if you're curious <laughs> yes <laughs> i've seen the sopranos i know everything i need to know about new jersey and it's hilarious <laughs> so but uh, fucking just north of the city is all just you know dog shit rich people so wouldn't have been surprised if they were racists sorry continue no, I know. Where, do we know where Snooky's at during all this? Yes, yeah, no, it's Snooky the whole time. There's too many. It's actually like got like perfect spelling, so I don't think it's Snooky. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Wait. not written in crayon. It's typed out. So, so ex- excuse me. Then is this place in Jersey or is it in New York? It's in New Jersey. It's right on the border. Oh, so or, it's west of like Manhattan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I was thinking like Westchester up above New York and all that. No, it's still the same kind of S- same thing. It do- it really doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> I'm just I'm going to put it like rich people like that affluent. So literally the neighborhood Tony Soprano lived in, basically. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> exactly. So, again, I'm very right. Super racist. I read that with a weird Italian accent. Like, 
Yeah. Ask the woods to bring me young blood. And it looks like they're listen. No? All right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Derek, I'll, I'll just move on. Derek uh, was petrified and he called the police instantly. It was past 10, pa- 10 PM by the time he got the, to read the letter. So he ran inside of his house, switched off all the lights and waited for the police to arrive. Uh, a Westfield police officer arrived uh, and took a statement from Derek. Then after he took the statement, he, he recommended that the Broadduses take all their equipment that they have outside and bring it inside just in case it's someone who, is in the neighborhood wants to smash your windows with it or something. So just hide your shit now. Cause you're some sort of weird target. After speaking with the officer, Derek headed back to where they are actually living. And he emailed the woodses. I'm sure his brain was like, why the fuck is this letter mentioning your name? Uh, but he just sent a nice email saying, Hey, I got to talk to you. And then she called back the next day. She did confirm that she got a letter from someone who signed it, the watcher three days before closing, but she just looked at it, went, this is stupid and threw it in the garbage. Good move. Yeah. yeah. Good move. I would not have been informing my, if that happened today here, there is no way I could tell my girlfriend, Hey, look what I found in the mailbox. <laughs> I would just throw it away. All right. She, yeah. She said that it, it, they lived there for 23 years. They only got the one letter ever. And that was three days before closing. So it wasn't like this was a big history of this ever. It was just three days before closing. Got a weird letter threw it out. That's all I got. Okay. But to be just to be prudent, the woods has agreed to go to the police station with the Broadduses and give further statements after their statements were taken. Detective Leonard Lugo told Maria not to tell the neighbors of the letters yet because the neighbors were all suspects and the police didn't want to tip off the neighborhood. So for the next two weeks, the Broadduses were paranoid as shit. Derek canceled a work trip. They would head back to their other house before sundown on most nights. And if the kids were allowed to go to the new house, they weren't to leave their mother's sight. If they were, they'd be getting a get over here. Where are you going? I can't see you. The situation was stressful for, for the kids now too, because the parents were being a lot more like they're moving to a new house. It should be fun. It shouldn't be like super stressful for the kids. So they were taking it. Derek and Maria tried to play it cool with the new neighbors, not wanting them to suspect that they were suspected during one visit from a neighbor who wanted to check on their progress with the renovations. The wife of the couple commented on how it's going to be nice to have some new young blood in the neighborhood, which set them off even more like suspecting everyone now in the whole neighborhood. They did tell Detective Lugo about the encounter, which he couldn't really do anything about because it's just words. Nothing's happened yet. Uh, Two weeks after the arrival of the first note on July 18th, 2014, Maria went to the house to check some paint samples and she found another note in the mailbox and instantly called the police before she even read it. Uh, This time it was addressed to the Broadduses by name, but they spelt their name wrong as Braddus instead of Broaddus. This doesn't really change what's written. And really, honestly, there could be like a fucking thousand ways to spell Broadus. So it's not really too off for me that they didn't know how to spell the name properly. But it also gives a hint to who isn't doing this. It must be someone who doesn't never seen their name written down anywhere. It must be someone who's just heard their name been spoken. Right. Because if they would have seen it, they probably would have gotten the spelling right. So it's kind of a little bit of a hint what's going on here. Here's most of letter two, and I quote. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. 
The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time they will. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years since Youngblood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the Youngbloods play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. So, okay, cool joke. Like, hilarious. Let's just throw that out. It's not the whole thing. No, I mean, if anything, I'm I'm happy. I'm like, all right. I mean, I wanted to buy a place that was soundproof. Now I know if I'm in the basement versus upstairs, I don't really have to worry about hearing that. So, I mean, that just sounds like a really good realtor. I'm sold. You, you'd be You're, the perfect adversary for this letter writer then. Yeah. Yeah. That None of this terrifies you at all. Like getting. No, absolutely fucking- not. Absolutely. If somebody told me that I'm not going to hear somebody die from the basement, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah. How many people are dying in your basement? No, it's just the idea that if I can't hear someone die, that I can't hear anything down there. That's that's nice. If I'm upstairs, I want to sleep. Okay. If I'm in the basement, I don't he, have to worry about being quiet. That's just he writes these letters practical. to any neighbor that dares move within five miles of him. That's <laughs> that's why he's not. No, scared. see, if I was if I was writing letters, it would it would be like you will never find your trash can lid the first time you put it out. Like I would just really, you know, your, your face looks real pretty through the scope of my rifle. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, after he says the scream part, he mentions the kids by name and he goes from age to highest age down to lowest age saying their name and their nickname. So he figured out a lot in two weeks. That's they didn't familiar. publish this in the the magazine article that actually was the main source of this story from New York magazines, like the cut. But yeah, they didn't mention the kids' names, which was nice. They didn't fucking publish that. Good. Thanks, guys. Usually you see crazy shit like that in articles, but I guess New York magazine did a good job this time. Thanks, guys. Wait, but what were the kids' names? Like if you if your name's James, like and you say you know, you call your kid Jimmy. That's it's not really like fucking mind blowing. Like, oh my god, he knew his you know. nickname. Sure, if it's like John, Mary, and uh, I don't know, like yes, I guess you could pick all the nicknames, guess them, but it's very high likelihood. He that knew that, that John easy. was Johnny and Mary was Mary. E. <laughs> I mean, it's some it's some rich white people from New Jersey. I would have to guess that they were all pretty common names. Yeah, they they didn't tell the name, so maybe you're maybe you're right on that. I'm going to go with either way. It's still terrifying. And then he asked if, then he also says one of the girl's names. He says, he asked if the young blood using the easel in the enclosed porch in the back is the artist of the family. No, it's the one without the easel. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's the one playing outside soccer, asshole. Of course, it's the one with the easel. <laughs> the letter continues. Will they sleep in the attic or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I will know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and I've been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move and kindly sold it when I asked them to. It's the Woods' get mentioned again. Which is so wait, what year did this happen again? 2014. Okay. I'm really not amazed that this guy knows which way the rooms face. I felt like Zillow existed since 2004. Yeah. It's not that he knows which way the rooms face. It's knowing the kids' names and asking where they're sleeping. 
Well, Zillow demands that you put your kids' nicknames in the yeah, listing yeah. now. So <laughs> maybe the yeah. maybe the realtor that sold in the house is just a serial killer. Hey, that's always a possibility. Maybe Yo, looks- it is. Uh, just a quick side note. Um, my realtor sucked ass, and I nearly fired her prior to getting this house. I then went on to ignore text messages from her around seven or eight of them over the course of the past six months since we closed on this house. I just ignored her. She just kept te- like, hey, happy 4th of July, shit like that. This bitch <laughs> showed up at my house on last Wednesday night, just showed up on the front step <laughs> with a fucking pie and a box with a bow on it. And was like, hey, and I opened the door and I was like, "Uh, hi. And she just walked in, just came right into my foyer and started actually asking me, what's wrong with your phone? I didn't get any any text. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, realtors are fucking insane. Yeah, it's one of the one of the minor theories in this is that it's like a, a real estate agent who's just pissed or whatever like there's it, it'll come up but yes not uh, pissed. that's not pissed he just wants the commission then resell it again get the commission resell it again if you can scare them away before they move mm-hmm. in you keep your commission that's that's a good that's well, genius well, it's pretty smart actually <laughs> just to, yeah to make a lot of money like just scare the fuck because out. if you look at if you look yeah. at the uh realty agreements you would owe if you back out of that deal and oh, they would sure. get that yeah i don't know they would get that i don't know about that when the bank is no not the bank no it goes back to the i mean there's portions that get divvied out but yeah the realtor would be able to sell it again and we get a portion of that interesting yeah once you sign them contracts they can just fist your whole asshole out Mm -hmm. yeah the letter's not done the second letter's not done yet uh it says i pass by many times a day 657 boulevard is my job my life my obsession and now you are too broadest family welcome to the product of your greed Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. And it ends with, have a happy moving day. You know I'll be watching. The Watcher. <laughs> that rascal. <laughs> that rascal. This put the the broadest adults, Derek and Maria, into full-blown paranoid mode. The plan was still not to tell the neighbors about the letters after they talked to the, but they fucking had a hard time. They got invited to a barbecue, which they felt like they had to go to because it was across the street and they didn't want to tip off anyone that they know. So they went there. They couldn't even focus on having a good time. They just kept thinking about the stalker. Everyone that was there, they're just like, this is the guy doing it. This is the guy doing it. This is the guy doing it. So they fucking left early, uh, made kind of like an ass of themselves leaving early like that. And when they got home, this is when they decided to upgrade the security at 657. And they put cameras all over the house. Kind of like probably a quarter of what Getz has for home security. But something. They they started with home security. Hmm, try a tenth. Yeah, a tenth probably. Yeah. Did they have a single laser? <laughs> if not, not even a tenth. There's a lot of there's a lot of cameras and motion sensors and things here. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't put they didn't put that much into it yet, but they did. They definitely put some stuff. Also, Derek Broadus would stay there late at night and he walked the neighborhood mapping it. 
and he would just like kind of keeping that so he was map like there's maps dude what do you take making maps for like he was like getting a crayon out and mapping the neighborhood and like this guy has the potential mm-hmm. to be the guy this guy so he's going right into full-blown paranoid mode they stopped bringing their kids to the house when they were bringing stuff over the second letter actually put into question whether or not they were going to even move into the house one month later to the day on June 18th, 2014, the Broadduses received their third letter. I, the Broadduses, sorry, when they got this letter, they showed it to the police and the police are like, is this because you guys haven't been there? Because it's kind of, it starts to get a little bit weirder as it goes. So it starts with, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The 60s were a good time for uh, 657 when I ran room to room imagining life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of young blood. And he keeps saying young blood, which I don't know why it creeps me out so much. It definitely does. Uh, like 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient, wait for this to pass, for you to bring me the young blood. So basically what he's saying there is like, I'll be patient, wait for this to pass. So I'm not going to send any more letters. I'm going to fucking sit here and wait. Uh, It's kind of scary. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play like it once did, like they once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing and let it alone. Allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Then he starts like commenting on how fancy the upgrades are. He's like, the workers have been busy. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time, they will. Do you know what the history of the house? Do you know what lies beneath the walls of the house? So he crams on the walls thing again. Nothing's ever fucking found in the walls of the house. Probably a bunch of cum socks that he left there. Yeah. <laughs> there was probably like a crack in the lath and plaster that he just stuffed all of his used cum socks into. Tell me you like my collection. Do you like my collection? <laughs> I would really wish they wouldn't find them. I'm very embarrassed about it. <laughs> yeah, they had they had a bunch of people come in. They had like a uh, home inspector come check the walls. They had like geothermal fucking like they checked the walls. There's fuck all in the walls. None of the contractors ever found anything in the walls. Fuck uh, that. If somebody's telling me there's something in my walls, good. Keep it there. I don't care. Not wasting any time or money on that. Yeah. You don't have children. It's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, no. Another dead body with the ones that I added. Yeah. yeah. That's called yeah. insulation. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper. I save so much money on dead bodies. I don't even have to like <laughs> warm my house. Anymore. Well, and the nice thing themselves. is that as they age, the gases expand it. So it really packs in the area, really keeps it, the cold air out, you know? Exactly. And the fermentation and the, of the rotting, it just adds warmth, right? It's just a, a chemical reaction. It's just heating your house. You can turn off your fucking uh, furnace for the year. I get okay. that. Derek and Maria kept in contact with Detective Lugo as this was going on, but the Broadduses don't really think much is going on at the police station. So they start their own investigation, but the police did actually do some stuff. They got DNA sample from the person who licked the envelope. The DNA sample couldn't identify anyone in particular, but it did yield some results. The actual, the DNA sample is from a woman. So they know it's a woman or a part of a combo team, of a man and a woman. Oh, cause everyone knows you have to have a partner when you lick envelopes. 
Yeah, no, I'm just saying there's a woman involved at some point. So it's not just a guy if there is a guy even at all. It's just in licking the envelope. They just, they like Lady and the Tramped it from both ends and then met in the middle and kissed. <laughs> yeah, it's a woman licking the stamps anyway. Maybe he's, maybe he's got like a friend, like, come on over. I got some envelopes for you today. <laughs> Again, how many letters do you send? I don't know. I just like watch you lick envelopes. Weird, creepy fetish. And be my only fans. Yeah, yeah. Just Virgil licking envelopes in his police hat. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh God. Uh, the police also assigned extra officers to patrol the neighborhood in hopes of catching someone doing something in the act. They talked to a lot of people in the neighborhood. Unfortunately, none nothing came of any of their investigation. When the broadest has started their own investigation they hire a retired fbi agent okay uh, a handwriting expert and a linguistics expert to look into the case they uh they uncovered some good stuff too okay so uh nothing to crack the case but uh, some stuff that could narrow the culprit down so the fbi agent robert lenahan did a threat assessment on the letters which i find fucking hilarious he just read the letters and was like yellow or whatever did he actually assign a color no he didn't i'm just saying his final that's where mouse, my mind went yeah i know that's right, the first thing i thought magenta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah his final analysis said that the letters weren't burn that shit to the ground <laughs> yeah he says they're not overtly threatening but then he also says the writer could be very unpredictable so like he did nothing i bet you they paid him shit tons of money to do that and he was just like it doesn't look threatening, but it could be. Well, it was. Hmm. That seems like not my fucking problem. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very progressive of them to hire him. What? Wait. What was his job? Uh, he was uh, FBI former FBI agent profiler, I guess. Oh, so you said you said retired. Gotcha. I thought you said something else. Oh, I got. <laughs> I was like, well, of course he'd use colors then. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The red. Anyways, the handwriting profiler, like the handwriting expert, profiled the watcher as an older woman because of the way the vocabulary in the letter, or because of the vocabulary in the letter and the way the sentences were punctuated. Apparently, and I didn't know this because maybe I'm too old, but you don't put two spaces between fucking the sentences anymore, like between a period, between the next. People don't do that anymore. They just go like one's this. That's fucking insanity to me. You need to. We need to have order. No, that's in our no life. typewriter thing. Yeah, we need to have order. I need to know when the sentence ends. I don't. I can't. I don't have time for all the the, the, the That would be the. It's a fucking period. The punctuation <laughs> mark that does that. Yeah. I don't have time for these periods. So you need to add an extra keystroke in there. Yes. You don't have enough time. A space. The space lets me know it's over. Um, you gotcha. guys don't, but you don't do that though, RJ. It's it's one space. Yeah, I it's put two per- spaces. I was taught space. that way. Oh, I don't. Yeah, no. They always taught me in school. Those. I mean, with your internet speed up there, yeah, I'd stick to a top typewriter as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting roasted. Get... That was a good one. The linguistics expert was the former singer of Shanana, <laughs> which I found was funny. Uh, his name is Robert Leonard. His job was to take the language patterns and match them with other people that would resemble the same language pattern on like. Uh, internet forums and stuff like that and see if you could find anything that matched up that way. Nothing. Um, I, fucking, I hate people. 
<clears throat> I hate people. This is also stupid. It is. It's all fucking made up. It's like that. It's like handwriting science just evolved. If there's so oh, many, you I paid $1.4 million for a house. Wait a minute. You want to pay me a shit ton of money to just Google? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's essentially. Now they probably talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> fucking losers. <laughs> Yeah, they they put together an impressive team, I say. Uh, nothing, though. Uh, shit, all for real answers to anything. So they even started to think this might be some supernatural happenings going on at the house. So Of course. They called in their priest to come bless the house, too. So even the priest came in. I'm like, I'm fleece these fucking assholes, too. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, somebody's already obsessed with a kid so might as well bring in a priest yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how do they know it's not the priest maybe it was like a sting operation it's got to be the priest let's get him in for a blessing and we'll see we'll question him <laughs> you want a sting operation i would have solved this shit way 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 back after the first letter because i would have started dressing up like a mailbox and waiting <laughs> because you want to scare me what's going to scare you more than reaching into that mailbox to hand off a letter and then you feel my bare dick <laughs> just rj like yes making, like some sort of pose no just my brush. head comes up and i'm just smiling <laughs> mr Mackey, is that you by <laughs> <laughs> dick feel <laughs> mr Mackey would have a very hey, i've watched much- a lot of south park all right <laughs> you have the memorabilia <laughs> including all the dildos of the characters penises <laughs> Uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Stone and Trey Parker actually had that somewhere, like a NFTs. NFTs are NFTs. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know the thing that's like Beanie Babies, but on the internet, NFTs. Mm. Smart people stuff. Smart people stuff. Yeah. After they get the priest in, they're like, we gotta get more security, okay? Because they've upgraded twice so far. They put out a job posting for a security guard for the house. One preferably with a military background and a trained German shepherd. Okay. So now they're fucking getting like the militia on their side. That's how scary. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're looking for a security guard. We're not saying definitely a white supremacist, but like, <laughs> you know, that vibe. Yeah. Let's go. I want, they're, they're not, I don't know why I just went on focus, but they're not living in this house yet. Right. No. They just put shit in there and they're getting these threats that they are now taking seriously. Why the fuck would you not just turn around and sell it? Make it someone else's problem. It's coming. Oh, OK. My bad. No, it's all good. It's that's like Richard spoilers gets. That's not it again. Spoiler. That's not a spoiler because it's obvious. That's what you should do. It's like is when does it happen is the real question. So they got they get yeah. this. No, you uh, rent that. You rent that shit out. And then when they when they kill them, you wait till they catch them and then you move in. <laughs> See, he's got you got some good diabolical fucking you have like for some reason you have you honestly have super villain plans like that is a super villain plan. I like it. Good for you. Um, he's just he's just capitalist pilled. He's all about yeah. that. <laughs> I said that wealthy landowner lifestyle. Same shit. Mm-hmm. They're still living at that other the old house that they owned in the town over. I forget what it's called. It comes up later, uh, but they're still living there. But they end up selling. They're selling that because that was the plan to move into the house, but they're too scared to move in the house. So they move in with Maria's parents who, like I said, lived up the street from the house. So now they're a couple blocks away from their house, but living with their mother-in-law, mother-in-law. Yeah. That was the plan all along. Yeah. Yeah. It's the in-laws. I think we it. just solved it. <laughs> yeah. 
they had uh they were starting to get stressed out with all the bills they had to pay with like a house they're not living in plus they're starting to help pay around the house plus like Derek Broaddus was complaining he's like imagine having to get up in the morning to go to work shovel the snow and then later on the day have to go to your other house and shovel again huh like he was <laughs> like they're just getting I, frustrated with all the other shit they have to do he's right though i truly can't imagine a worse plight that a human could face yeah, more, true. more than hunger more than not having a driveway or a car nobody has suffered more than Derek brought us why don't they just have the dude with the dog shovel the other house <laughs> yeah if you're just gonna stand there they never actually got a guy in they put out a job posting uh, for it though they never actually hired so him. all i needed was a german shepherd and i was hired well you have to have a military background as well you can fake yeah. that shit. These Ru- people believe anything. They're reading letters in their mailbox uh, and thinking and, they're in and danger. When I, what the and, fuck? And when I said you white just supremacist, bring like a cart with you and just go like, yeah. this is my German this shepherd. Is my, this is my gun. I am in the military. When I said white supremacist looking, I don't. I think they meant more like skinhead, bulky neo-Nazi, not white polo carrying a tiki torch. So I don't think you'd fit that. Down. No, no, no. I'm legit. I just got back from the 41st season oh. of Survivor. Sorry. Oh, okay. So they want American History X, not Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. So yeah, anyway, he's getting super stressed out, Derek, about this whole money thing, having to shovel business. This is all horseshit. And it's it's having an effect on his health, uh, apparently, because he goes to the doctor and they prescribe him sleeping pills because he can't sleep. He's too scared to go to bed. Maria, she's not doing so hot either. She gets diagnosed with PTSD and starts seeing a therapist because they got some letters. <laughs> now the doctors are fleecing these assholes. You know what I mean? The doctors are fleecing these fucks now. Um, so I could after- see, I could see how it could become overwhelming. If PTSD. you're constantly being harassed, I don't know shit about PTSD, so I'm not going to talk for yeah. or against it, but I can see how it could become overwhelming, but I would have got myself out of that situation long before it got to that stage. After so, I yeah. threw away the fourth letter that I didn't read, I would have been like, all right, I should probably do something about this. Yeah, they, I agree. Like for me, it wouldn't have lasted this long either. Yeah, they held on to the house for six months while the renovations were going on. After the rentals were done, they decided they're going to sell it instead of moving in. They're going to move in while rentals were happening, but fuck that. Not with the watcher watching. They decided to try and sell it for $1.55 because they put about $100,000 of rentals in there, plus a little extra change for the packets. Nobody was biting. They eventually dropped it to $1.45 million, just a little bit over what they got. Uh, no takers down to $1.125 million, no takers. And they weren't willing to go any lower than that. So nobody wanted to buy the house. I'm, I'm suffering shoveling these two driveways, less than a million dollars. Are you out of your fucking mind? After unsuccessfully selling their house on June 2nd, 2015, the Broadduses begin their first lawsuit. The lawsuit is the that's the America I'm talking about. <laughs> let's go let's go now we're in it now we're in the lot the lawsuit is the broadus family versus the woods family oh now, my god the broaduses <laughs> file a lawsuit against the woods for intentionally not disclosing about the watcher before they moved in they thought that the woods knew about the watcher and purposely didn't tell derek and maria about it even though they said they just wanted a quiet place to raise their kids 
they're suing for legal costs and punitive damages for severe and incalculable emotional emotional distress. Distress, Jesus Christ. Uh, so f- they were suing for one point three five million dollars, the price of the house, plus treble damages. So that could have been a two million dollar lawsuit at the end of it all. Two weeks after filing the lawsuit, the existence of the letters get broadcast over the courthouse news service and the internet goes wild over this case. Uh, The letters weren't secret anymore. This was the first time they became open to the the neighborhood. So after they tried to actually uh, quash the, like they tried to block the knowledge of letters going to the press, it was too late. The Today Show already picked them up. Today Show put them on like in the morning. We're like, this is one of the top 10 creepy stories we've ever had on our show. And they, they, they did some snippets from the letter, like I did. They, they basically made, they blew this fucking thing up. I would say that's the biggest thing that happened pretty quickly. I'd love to watch Matt Lauer read those letters. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. Matt Lauer probably I would love to watch him write them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as the lawsuit went on, the Broadduses tried to sell their house to a developer who wanted to demolish the home and make two plots out of the land and build two houses. The city planners uh, rejected their plan because the two lots would be three feet too small to fit into their bylaws. Three feet. The neighbors heard about the plan, the plan to sell the house and smash it down. And they were all outraged. It would ruin the 600 block of Boulevard. That's the nicest house on the street. The more publicity the watcher got, the more on edge Westfield would get. There were online groups just dedicated to the house and the watcher. Uh, people who knew the Broadduses were in the groups, including the neighbors. Some neighbors were terrified for themselves and the Broadduses. Some didn't believe it at all. Some didn't want to believe it. Some called the Broadduses wimps for not moving in. You pussies, get in there, you bitches. Derek responded, like, I don't think he responded much on these groups, but he definitely was uh, there, I believe. And his response was like, are you going to risk your kids? It's my kids, man. Which I, I agree with. That Those letters would made me like try and back out quick. I don't know if I would have sued them or whatever. I just would have tried to flip it quickly because uh, no, no thanks. I don't need people watching my kids. It's creepy. Um, some thought that the Broadduses were having buyer's remorse and made the whole story up to get out a real estate deal with the woods. Rumors and gossip in a small community on Facebook could be cruel and the Broadduses got the brunt of it. A few days before Christmas 2015, the more vocal of the broadest neighbors all got a watcher-type letter. All the neighbors that have been vocal in criticizing the family on the internet received a hand-delivered message accusing them of speculating inaccurately about the broadest family. They were all signed. Friends of the broadest family. I don't know. by who? Like the mailman. Like they got. Oh, all right. Hmm. I don't know exactly what the neighborhood letter said, but they were said to be packed with simmering resentment and they were all anonymous. Most of the neighborhood letters just got shucked in the garbage and they all thought it was Derek Broaddus sending them. Yeah, that's what I think. Which he actually admitted to sending them. (laughs) (laughs) He admitted later on that I sent those ones. Uh, He said he wasn't proud of it. He didn't even tell his wife. He actually disclosed this to a reporter for New York Magazine. He didn't even tell his wife. He, I, I don't even know if this guy, like, I wish I could hear the tapes of that interview with Derek Broaddus because I guarantee he got him and he was just like, fine, I wrote them. But he never said that in the article. He just was like, I was at my wits end with all the neighborhood silently throwing accusations at me. Like, we didn't do this. They do it to ourselves. Anyway, so. So, he, so I did something that would solidify their opinion of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. 
Yeah, and he promises it's the only ones he sent. He promises, cross his heart. Mm. Uh, this wasn't known until like 2019. So no one knew that he sent them in 2015 when they got them. Like it took five years for him to even admit he did it. These guys, they didn't even give a fuck anyway. The rest of the neighborhood was like, fuck this letter. And they just threw it out. I love it. In 2016, the Broadduses were feeling the pressure of owning the house again. They weren't living there. And it's been like, like two years and starting to like wear on their bank account. So they wanted to lease the house. And they were leasing it for 5000 a month. Nobody was biting on leasing it either. Uh, but after months of searching, the Broadduses did find someone with the condition they would they would actually rent the house. But the condition would be they could back out. No questions asked if there was another letter sent. And they agreed to that because they were just bleeding money at this point. And then a couple of weeks after the new tenants moved in, they called Derek to the house to deal with some squirrels that were now living in the roof. Just as Derek arrives, the new tenants handed him a letter, another watcher letter. It had been two and a half years since the last letter and it seemed to come out of nowhere. The letter was dated February 13th and it began like this. Actually, February 13th was the first day they gave depositions against the woods for their lawsuit. Coincidence? I don't know. But here's how it, this letter goes. No, we, starts, we call that the American dream. <laughs> this letter goes, Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you spoke with me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks and they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched uh, from the dark house in an ill attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a team. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Revenge can come in many forms. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes, cars, bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house. And the Watcher won. Uh, that's verbatim. So the new renters like brought Derek was like, don't move out. I'll do anything. And they're like, okay, as long as you put more security up. So like he put more cameras up, I guess. I don't really know at this point. It's like fucking Fort Knox in there, but they ended up staying by the end of October, 2016 lifetime made a horror movie entitled the watcher loosely based on the broadest story. In 2017, the judge threw who the Broadduses... Wait, who retains the rights to that movie? We're about to get to it. Broadduses lost it against the woods because it would set unreasonable precedent for what homeowners or home sellers would have to disclose to potential buyers. Like, what mail do you want them to disclose this week, buddy? I got a letter from my aunt said she died. I guess you shouldn't sell the house. Like, the judge was like, it's too far. Just, no, you lose. The Broadduses... So they don't win that lawsuit. So what do they do next? They sue the city of Westfield because they do found you have to disclose out- if someone died in your home? die death murder like murder not i don't think die i think murder rick's like what if they were already dead when you brought them in yeah what about then what can i get away with here (laughs) 
Yeah, I think murder. I'm not sure though. I think like violent crime, even. I don't know. I, I know there's some stuff they do have to disclose, but not everything. I know murder for sure. I don't know if it's death though. Maybe if it's like a recent death and someone like melted through the floor or something because they were found six weeks later or six months later. I don't know. Or were killed by a xenomorph? I don't know. Yeah, yes, they're melted. They end up suing the city of Westfield because they found out that the city approved another lot to separate into two lots with even bigger exceptions than they were asking for. So they were like, why can they do it? Not us. So they went and started suing them. Uh, despite this, a cease and desist order from the Broadduses after a bidding battle, Netflix won the story in 2018. Now I looked up who Netflix bought the story from, and it was the article in the New York magazine that I talked about earlier. That was the good. So they bought that article basically from the website, the cut. It's going to be a Naomi Watts led limited series starting 2022. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be a movie, but no, it's going to be a little six parter, I think, which is cool. In 2019, the Broadus has sold their house for. I mean, Dix did it first. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Netflix. Yeah. Fuck you, Netflix for sure. Yeah. In 2019, the Broadus has sold their house for just under a million dollars, taking 400,000 K loss on the property. The lawsuit against the city of Westfield was also thrown out. And they haven't received any more letters. The new owners haven't reported any letters. In fact, the cut, that magazine website, they went back to as many previous owners as they could find to see if anybody had actually received any watcher letters at all. And only the woods with that one three days before. Everybody else said it was a perfect place to grow up. My family loved living there. We had a great time. We just moved out when it became too much for our old elderly parents. It was all the same story. Beautiful place. Uh, so no one ever did it. Wonderful pen pals, people just really willing to talk to you all the time. It was a yeah, yeah. wonderful place to live. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the, the nutshell story. And then we'll, there's a little bit more to it when I get into like theories. But any thoughts to begin with? Um, yeah, the loss on their house is uh, equal to if I sold my house for $70,000. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is a rich people problems. I got you. I could have bought four of my houses with the loss they had on theirs. <laughs> I honestly think it's just, it's a long-term play by Netflix and good on you guys. I mean, honestly, capitalism <laughs> is alive and well. That, That's a, that would be their move. Uh, I mean, Richard was to... just saying there's not enough bad shit happening in the United States. So I, yeah. well, I figured it the... out. One of the early theories, before I even get into the theories I wrote down, but one of the theories that I did read was a viral marketing campaign. That's what this whole thing is, is a preview to a movie. Uh, For Westfield Realty, right? Yeah, uh, sponsored by Westfield Realty. Yeah, that's one of the theories, but I mean, I kind of find that far. That's a fucking long game. That's like a eight-year game, maybe. I know how organized most people are not eight years organized. This isn't Kevin Feige organized. You know what I mean? Yeah, but how, how long did that fucking Cloverfield shit go on for? That was a yeah, couple years sure. at least, right? Oh, who knows? It might be that. I'm just saying, like, I doubt it, but maybe. It, it was in there. All things considered, knowing it's Netflix, it's going to be a dog shit fucking miniseries. So it's going to be <laughs> a lot of effort for very little payoff, but... Take that, Netflix, you fucks. Fuck you, Netflix. Take that. Yeah. We're getting canceled. Got him. Got him. Got him. What do you, you got any thoughts on this, Virgil? Officer Virgil? I'm so, I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Very, very cop answer. Uh, Fonda. Yeah, fucking cops. Classic 
cop. Yonda, what do you think is going on here? You got any theories? It's, it's suspicious that it only happened to the one family. When I first started reading this, when I skimmed over it, when someone suggested this to me, it was actually Selena Stevens from the Facebook group. Thank you. When someone suggested this to me, I skimmed through it and I was like, this is terrifying. Then by the time I got to the end, I'm like, this is or sorry, by the time I got to the end, I was whoa, like, whoa, Richard, what is it? An FBI agent? Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm actually going to contest the it probably isn't real because it only happened to one person. Otherwise, we would have to throw out almost every crime that there is. Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm going to say that, you know, because if it is a serial killer, they that just might be their type of target for whatever reason. The type of people that own two million dollar plus homes at once oh no they're uh we'll get into it their other house is not a million dollar plus house okay well let's go theory number one uh or theory i'm just gonna say theory the woodses are the watcher <laughs> before i say this theory no one thinks the woods has sent the letters uh, at all except for me i think the woods think thought this was a funny prank and it got out of hand and they just noticed that they weren't laughing. So they just kept going with it and thought maybe it would get funny over time. This is how I would do things. If it's not a funny joke, I would just keep going until it became funny and it never became funny. So that's what I want to do. And irritating an insurance person who just bought my house would be fun to me. So no one actually thinks the woods is did, except for I wanted to be just somebody fucking with the uh, broadest because he's an insurance asshole. That, that's my theory. There you go. It's not good theory. It's just a theory. You know, I'm going to jump back in real quick. Now, I, I do have a theory. It just clicked. I think we need to go back to that priest that blessed the house. You know, okay. I think he's up with the kids. He's trying to get them into church so he can just fuck them, you know? Yeah. So he's just letters trying to seduce those fucking young bloods. That's true. Young is, it, bloods. is it intentional that the horns are lining up perfectly with your head when you say this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but hail Satan. <laughs> hey man if it's gonna if if somebody's trying to get young blood it's probably a religious person uh and all these people are very everybody i mentioned in the story is very religious people check the priests check the boys scouts. yeah 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 talking about a lot of young blood i have a feeling it might be hillary clinton and the cabal of democrats as well there so. you go did i mention <laughs> have i mentioned that rj is q moving on you're not supposed to tell anybody that yeah exactly it's only for my friends on 4chan to know so the next theory the real first theory is that their neighbors their direct beside neighbors are the ones doing this the langfords now i didn't really talk about the langfords because it would kind of give it away that they're a theory but here they are okay so i'm not sure if this part is before or after the first letter or after the second letter but at some point derek is out talking to john schmidt who lives two doors down from him okay schmidt tells derek about derek's neighbor that lives directly beside between them the langfords the langfords household consists of peggy who is in her 90s and her grown sons who are in their 60s oh weird right away uh imagine imagine being 60 living with your parents still who's 90 just die mom just die. Anyways. Wait a minute. <laughs> They're just grown sons. They're not even married. They're just weirdo kids who live with their parents. Wait, but why? Why is the parent the problem? Because they're not dying quick enough and not the child who still lives with them. Oh, for sure. But if you're going to hold on for that long, it's because you're waiting for them to die. Like, it's not because you want to live there anymore. You know what I mean? When you're 30 and you move out, that's like kind of weird. But when you're 60, you've committed. That's most of your life now. You've lived with your mom. Just you're going to put it out. Just I want my freedom. It's your turn now. I had yeah. the chance to leave. By I the time you're it. 45, if she's not dead, she's just being a cunt. 
to either of Richard's parents. If you are in danger right now, blink twice. Blink twice. Help I don't live with my way. parents. I'm a normal person who moved he out. He was of smart. They're he killed dead. them. Yeah. <laughs> They're in the walls. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He doesn't live with them. They live with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Schmidt actually said the Langfords weren't that bad. They're just a weird family, but they're harmless. Uh, the youngest of the Langfords' name was Michael, and he was the black sheep of the family. This is coming from uh, Schmidt, the neighbor two doors down. Why was he the black sheep? Because he didn't work and he had a beard. That's, <laughs> that's what he said. Like, oh, my God. Can you believe it? He wears sweatpants out in the public. Fuck <laughs> that guy. He's a fine, he is the black sheep with that beard and everything. Different. That's literally a quote. Sure. Uh, actually, the reason he's a little bit weird and probably at the time of this conversation, Schmidt didn't know this, but he's a schizophrenia. He's got schizophrenia, Michael. According to his mother, he's got schizophrenia. And to new people around the neighborhood, he could be a bit weird sometimes, but I, he would be that guy, like that weirdo in the neighborhood who would just like, he would bring people, he would pick up the newspaper and bring it to someone's door and be like, Oh, I picked up your newspaper for you, sir. Like he would do just weird stuff like that. Not harmful things, weird things that leave my newspaper alone, I guess, but it's not He's just lonely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You live with your mom forever. The schizophrenic guy in my neighborhood, when I was growing up, used to sit on his not sit stand on his porch with his shirt off and giggle by himself while he smoked cigarettes so that's a perfect schizophrenia yeah i would, I would much rather just having him hand off the paper that would be it sounds like a normal tuesday yeah <laughs> yes. that's virtual that's why he's on mute all the time he's just giggling yeah. and smoking cigarettes <laughs> just just somehow happening to coincide with when the kids are waiting for the bus yeah <laughs> Ooh, that's weird uh that got weird quickly i like it mm. i mean i don't like it did he like young blood anyways <laughs> After talking to the Schmitz, though, Derek and Maria thought the case was solved. All right. Michael Langford from his house could see that easel in the back deck. <sighs> they were close enough to hear and learn the Broadus's names. It must be Derek. Uh, so they went to uh, go see Detective Lugo and they proclaim the weirdo Langford did it. Probably one with the beard. And uh Thinking Detective Lugo is going to compliment him on his amazing detective work, Derek is disappointed to find out that Lugo had already spoken to Michael Langford uh, a week after the first letter. During the police interview, Michael denied even knowing about the letters. Uh, Derek insisted that Michael's narrative matched what was in the letters, meaning that he's lived there his whole life, basically. And the narrative was, my dad watched this place in the 60s and I'm watching it now. I don't know. Uh, just judging by the DNA... Uh, it didn't match him because he's a guy and they tested his mom and it didn't match any of the Langfords. So without any solid evidence to uh, from the impressive Broadus's investigative team and the police detective Lugo could do nothing. I'm not really convinced it's Michael or any of the Langfords at all. I just think that that guy got fucking sidelined because he has a beard and he's got schizophrenia really. And the DNA doesn't even match. And this is a kind of DNA I will trust because it's from 2014. It's not from the 1970s. DNA is very good if it's taken care of properly. So I don't think that this guy is any type of part of it. But. Yeah, but things don't change, you know, even in the 21st century, we always want to blame the creepy FBI agent of the neighborhood for yeah, anything exactly. that goes wrong. Theory number two is random lady from the neighborhood or the entire neighborhood. After the Broadus has hired the private investigator, many people in the neighborhood look suspicious of 
think of course they would, because as soon as you start digging into people, you'll find stuff that fits your narrative. If you have confirmation bias, as soon as you have an idea, someone in the neighborhood did it, you find a bunch of weird shit from the neighbors that has been happening because the neighbors, you're going to suspect them. Like two of the people were sex offenders that live within a few blocks. Okay. It could, might've been them potentially, but you can get on the sex offender list for like a million different ways. Right. Let's, let's, let's sight unseen, start defending. And you too can be on the sex offender list. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anybody can be. My point is maybe they were trying to lure in the kids or maybe they're just two guys trying to fucking forget they ever did that shit. I don't know. Uh, Bill Woodward was the, one of the house painters. Yeah. It sounds like a sex offender. No, we're past the sex offenders now. It could be the sex offenders. I'm not saying it's not. I'm sorry. He's a he's a house painter, you said. Yeah, he this next guy's the house. Yeah, painter. he may not have been on the list, but he's a sex offender. That's exactly. He's right. That's that's the most sex offender job you can hold. <laughs> that's that's a job you work when you're fresh out of jail <laughs> or fucking living in a halfway house. You're like, what do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm a house painter. Somebody paid you to show up and paint their fucking house. That's <laughs> look at their kids, your kids' pictures. Okay, right. I mean, I'll paint the house. I mean, I'll paint the house. Yeah, I mean, he's just painting the house with a fucking erection, looking through the windows and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just paint the same spot for forty-five minutes. <laughs> Good thing they published these kids' names. Poor kids. So Bill Woodward, one of the house painters, noticed that one of the neighbors behind six five seven would sit on the lawn chairs, just staring at the Broadus's house. They would have had a good vantage point to see the kids and the easel. So that's that's one. The guys across the back way. The investigators also saw a car pull up and park in front of 657 or nearby 657 for a suspicious amount of time. Then a guy got out and the car drove off. The guy walked home. Uh, After investigating, the guy lived nearby, like I said, and the woman was his girlfriend. They also found out that the guy was playing a video game with the main character being the Watcher. That's what the girlfriend said. I don't know. He plays a game with the with the watcher. Uh, I, I just think this is more the girl didn't give a shit about video games and didn't realize he was playing the Witcher. Um, like that's what I think's happening. There's no watcher I can think of. I play video games, but the Witcher is a big one. I don't think it's any of these fucking people in the neighborhood like that. Well, put it this way: the cops were patrolling that area. They had extra patrols. No one saw anything. How how old were the kids? Five to ten. They were five, seven, and ten. I think. All right. If it would have been someone in the neighborhood, I think it would have been, uh, if it would be, it would be a petty rich person who didn't want the Broadduses to move into their affluent neighborhood, black or white. Say a, say a pedo rich person? Could be. Some of the grumblings from the neighborhood when they were blaming the Broadduses for doing the uh, this to themselves was that how can someone go from a $300,000 house in Scotch Plains to a $1.3 million mortgage in Westfield in six months? And Derek's response is... I'm going to go with Getz to see if you can guess it. What's his response to that? He actually responded to this. I pulled up my bootstraps and I worked my way up. That's the American dream. Close. Uh, His response was, it's America. That's how. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, Yeah. So uh, could this just be it? Could this just be one of the old neighbors that don't think the Broadduses belong in their million dollar neighborhood because they're, they came from the, the disgusting $300,000 houses down below in the, in Scotch Plains. Get that out of here. Get that shit out of here. You hicks. Right. Um, Disgusting proposal. Also an equally disgusting answer. Yeah. So like unfuck it. You should be so disconnected on so many levels. How can someone make, six figures a year and go down to making nothing and being in debt all just because they got cancer. It's America. <laughs> that's how. 
America, the opposite. It goes both ways in America. It goes so both ways. Tone deaf. So next theory is just random yet plausible person. If it's nobody in the neighborhood, there's theories that it could be other people that are in the Broadus's life doing this. Since they never found out which woman the DNA in the envelope belonged to, um, they investigated the whole neighborhood. Maybe it's somebody else. So who do you, like, if you clear out the neighborhood, what do you go to next? Someone with a vendetta, right? Uh, who could those people be? Like a contractor, someone that was like fucking with him because he didn't pay their bills quick enough or something. I don't know. Uh, a business deal gone wrong involving an insurance guy. People love insurance agents. So I don't think they'd ever threaten an insurance person. Have we cleared the children? Yeah. Was it the children just fucking with them? They're 10. So is one of them a daughter? Cause you know, we're going DNA for a woman that doesn't rule out girls. That was, that was my inclination initially, like just like a moody teen. But if they're, they're all that young, yeah. Six year old daughter uh, with a vendetta. Mm-hmm. That would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> somebody killed my dog and she goes on like a whole fucking john wick not not even somebody made me move school districts oh we got elf on the shelf at my house right now i think my daughter's about to stab someone none of these people have been ruled out i'm just saying like there could be all sorts of fucking people they didn't even i i didn't see anybody look into like people that were outbid for the house no nobody looked into that like maybe someone wanted that house and they bid mm. them just they lost out of the house maybe they're pissed maybe it's a uh, real estate agent just trying to do gets a scam which is a pretty fucking funny scam just scare them out keep doing it over and over until you make like a bunch of money that's a pretty good plan mm-hmm. none of this was looked into it was just the neighbors i think maybe a lot of outsourced people were looked into too but they don't really mention it much in the information on the internet theory number four which i pretty much mostly believe in is the broadest sent the letters to themselves this is what the neighborhood thought when they heard the plan to demolish the house this is kind of what I think after reading a bunch into this. The accusations that fueled Derek Broaddus to send the letters to his neighbors was this. They were claiming they must have had buyer's remorse getting stuck into such a big mortgage. How did they go from whatever house to six years later? So, so why would they write? So maybe Maria wanted to move by her mom so badly that they kind of overextended themselves that they couldn't afford this house. And Derek wasn't going to be like, fuck you. We can't afford this. He was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And then she's like, let's just get it. We'll do it. We can think we can figure it out. But he wasn't completely sold. So what he does is he sends a letter to the people he's buying it from, tries to scare them. They don't bite. Okay. But they know the letter came. So this wouldn't scare them into like, not selling the house, first of all, or if they don't say anything, they're not disclosing that this crazy, scary letter came, right? So then they wait three days into them getting it. They give themselves a letter. So there's already been a letter sent. So now they've got like some sort of backup that it's not just them. The previous owners got them too. And how come they didn't tell us? Uh, and then either A, this will scare his wife or his, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Derek really wanted there and she didn't want to put the money in whatever way this happens. They scare the significant other into being like, I either A, they get scared and they want to move out. They don't like the letters or B, they can just try and sue to get their money back because the previous people didn't disclose what they were doing. Right. But the problem is nobody's believing them or nobody's scared. <laughs> like nobody gives a shit except for these people. So they make this big drama out of it, send three or four more letters, and then they can uh, try and sue them, like get their money back. Then they don't have to be into stuck in this gigantor mortgage. They can go to their doctors, say we have PTSD all we want. And then now that it doesn't work, none of this plan works. They just keep going with it because they're already too deep in and Netflix comes and approaches them for a fucking deal. So now the house is bought anyway, you know? 
so now they got there. That's why that I, I think, I don't know if Netflix gave them any money. Uh, I couldn't find that anywhere, but I'm guessing they did. And that's why they sold, they dropped the amount of the, to sell the house. So they got a nice chunk of money out of Netflix for their story and they're out of it for good. And they don't have to talk about it anymore. That's my theory. That's what I think. They just did this to like scam. I, I think one of them wasn't far in. That's what I think. I think one of the two couples didn't really want to do it. They got in too deep and they said, how do I get out of it? This is my way. Yeah, that tracks. I was just looking up um, just ballparking what the mortgage would be on a $1.4 million home. And, and let's just say, which is likely not the case that they didn't owe anything on their last home and they had a $300,000 down payment. Very unlikely. Uh, yeah. But their mortgage would be like $7,500 a month for 30 years. That's a lot of money. That's a fucking lot of money. That's insane. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think they, I, I think they sent them. I just don't know the reasoning. That's just the best I can think of after reading a bunch of this is like, it's a scam. The whole thing's a scam to try and get out of paying. Yeah. It seems like it to me. I mean, it, it just keeps like reiterating this, like super fucking one note thing with the young blood and the, it just sounds like a very uncreative insurance guy type thing to try to spin. Got any thoughts there gets? Cause I have one more theory quick. After. Well, this is actually probably the longest one, but then no, go ahead. Get, your, get my... your theory and I'm almost done. Get your theory. Okay. Remember uh, DB Cooper. When I talked about one of the suspects was a guy named John list. He was the family annihilator guy. Yes. John. Yeah. He was from Westfield. This is where that uh, tragedy happened was in the same city as six, five, seven Boulevard. Uh, just a couple blocks up actually. Some people, the theory is that John List's ghosts, family ghosts, the ghosts of John List's family haunt 657 Boulevard. And I'll tell you why. A, a different house. You'll listen. You'll hear. You'll hear. This is a fun little one. So just so you know what John List did okay, to make ghosts, uh, he and his family lived in actually a 19-bedroom <laughs> mansion. Want to see how ghosts are made? You want to see how ghosts are made? This is how ghosts are made right here. So... List and his family lived in a 19-bedroom mansion named Breeze Knoll. Okay, another Knoll. See how this is coming up mm. again? There's a lot of shit. This is, I have to tell. I have to tell this. I wasn't going to, but I have to. There's too many things. He lived right with now. his mother, Alma, his wife, Helen, and the three kids, Patricia, John Jr., and Frederick, all aged between 13 and 16. And in 1971, List killed his entire family. He shot his wife and his mother first. And then he waited for his kids to come home from school so he could shoot them. John Jr. didn't come home from school that day as he had a soccer game. Uh, so John went to go pick up little John Jr. from his soccer game as his family, the rest of his family was lying dead in the home. He picked up the kid. And once he got little Jr. home, he shot him in the chest and face. He took the bodies and he placed them all in sleeping bags. John cut his face out of all the family pictures in the house. Yeah, he changed the radio station to a Christian station and left the f- house forever. Ew, that's a real crime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty scary. And uh, that's family- how ghosts are made. <laughs> yeah, family wasn't found for a month. Uh, during this time, List emptied his, his and his mother's bank account to start a life elsewhere in America. The dead List family was only found after a neighbor noticed that some of their light bulbs started to go out. That's how long they were. That's fucking hilarious to me. Light bulbs had to go out before people were like, maybe I should go check on them. Yeah, but like, didn't didn't light bulbs last for like a week or some shit back then? Yeah, I think that was part of the plan to sell more light bulbs. I think you're right. Mm. 
this earned him the nickname, the boogeyman of Westfield. List wasn't caught for 18 years and he was only be caught because his story was told on America's most wanted in court list testified that he killed his family because he didn't want to tell them that he was in financial ruin. So in 2002 list gave a television interview where he said he couldn't commit suicide that day because he thought suicide would prevent him from going to heaven. And he wanted to go to heaven where he could be with his family again. Uh, Breeze Knoll was burned to the ground in a suspicious arson in 1972 but the new house that is built on the pl- old plot is still known as the list house. Now this is how they're connected. Okay. Maybe ghosts, <laughs> maybe ghosts are writing notes to six, five, seven Boulevard thinking it's the old list house because ghosts can only uh, don't only haunt places. They haunt the time frame that they're in. So if the place doesn't exist anymore, they just move down to the next the old house. So where the, they can just pull their trauma out there. I don't know why people say that the John List ghost, uh, but that's the only reasoning I can come up with is they need to have the same age. Like the house that they're haunting has to be the same age as when they died, at least. Wow. Um, their, their backs are probably sore from the reaching they have to do with that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. That's the kind yeah. of thing the ghost of Amelia Earhart would want them to think. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine them in the it's probably no but think about it imagine being a ghost in a new house because you have to haunt something and then you just see like natural gas lines or something like what what do i do here you know (laughs) is this hot water (laughs) yeah i don't get it internet (laughs) so they just go where they feel more comfortable yeah exactly what's this where is this naked lady on this boxy screen yeah (laughs) watching somebody watch porn yeah, exactly. Just being horrified. Ghost cucks. Oh my ghost god! Children. They're the real ghosts. <laughs> That's how ghosts are made. Yeah. What a wonderful and delightful euphemism for murder. Hey, making ghosts. I... <laughs> go make some and ghosts. That's how ghosts are made. That's how you haunt someone else's house. Burn yeah. down the house that was haunted. Well, that you is an interesting like one. Like rats, they flee to the next house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This isn't a theory so so much as something that just made me laugh to think about. But what if that uh, that one Langford dude that by all accounts seems very suspicious, but they didn't have the DNA to match him is just like laughing to himself while he like picks up a severed woman's head and just starts like (laughs) using its tongue (laughs) to like lick envelopes. (laughs) He's like... (laughs) They'll never catch me this way. Yeah. Thanks, Hooker from 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow still has a wet tongue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just like, you know, when, uh, you know, those old, like, so you wouldn't have to lick a stamp. It would just be like the water. He just has one of those. Just, like, oh, he's just like tongue. a sponge that he just dips yeah, like, her skull yeah. into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a hooker's tongue in a dish. Yeah. <laughs> he's spitting on a mummified hooker's tongue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, then that would be his DNA. Yeah, that would just fuck up the yeah. DNA, but still. All right, Getz has a video. I can tell he's like editing. But <laughs> <laughs> hard at work. Yeah, this is gonna morph into fucking uh, Wolfgang or like... where Dingo. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna turn into the the where Dingo getting pegged from both sides. Uh... <laughs> oh man! All right, I need just one. like five seconds, and I'm done. <laughs> I just need Ooh. to export it. 
Let's see what. All right, I got it. It's going to be a little blurry, but I got it. So let me just start off by sharing my screen. Hopefully, whoever hosts this is allowing me to. Sorry if it's a little blurry. It's a it's a low quality image. It's all I could find for Westfield Realty. <laughs> Damn. What so is all I was doing the entire time was trying to figure out who sold this home because I am pretty <laughs> fucking sure that it was just a scam, right? And then I figured it out, right? So Westfield Realty about to get us hit with a defamation. Is the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Netflix this fall. <laughs> For the for the listener, he made a video that had Westfield Realty, the logo, and took the W from Westfield and R from Realty, made it pan over beside each other and wrote Watcher, the W from Westfield, the realtor ending R from Watcher, and then put Netflix underneath. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's got to go on the Patreon. That's... I'll send you that. Yeah, I'll send you it. It's a, it's a really shitty video, but it's, I quickly threw it together while we were talking. Once once we drop this episode, that is how we're promoing it. You're just yeah, and he's going... Put that on the TikTok, on the Facebook. Yeah, that was fucking funny. That's too good. I will, I will cut that little, uh, your, <laughs> I will cut your, just your solution to this thing out and we'll put it on everything. It's funny. That was fucking funny. I would clean it up, but I'm lazy, <laughs> so I'm going to leave it like that. No, yeah, just like fine. this. Is... That's fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. That was hilarious. I was not uh... expecting that. I was expecting Amelia Earhart's face to be on there somewhere and be like, <laughs> you landed in the building somehow. Hey, I'm a little creative, all right? No, you're good. That was fucking funny. That was hilarious. He convinced me. That's all you need is graphics. Yeah. Everybody's Let's... all over it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, are we going with Netflix? Did this whole thing that we're telling Officer Virgil here? It was a, it was a Westfield Realty and Netflix promo. Just wait. Just wait. I bet you if you look into who sold Netflix their properties. I bet hmm. you when they when the, in the show, there'll be a bunch of product placement for Westfield Realty. Like the, the they'll be buying the house from Westfield Realty. There'll be like ads on the side of uh, trucks. Westfield Realty. Uh, that's what I'm thinking now. There'll be all sorts of Westfield Realty product placement. Someone's going to be like, well, have you ever been to Westfield Realty? Like someone will be like really obvious with it, like Wayne's World. You know what I mean? Like I drink Pepsi. <laughs> I drink Westfield Realty spring water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I think that's the good solution. What do you think, uh, uh, Officer Virgil? You think that you could bring that back to the boys you in know, blue? And uh, Yeah, you know, it checks out. If we follow the money. It's, it's all going to go right back to them. Yeah, you guys should probably definitely uh, look into the, follow the money. That's actually the greatest idea. Follow the money at Netflix. See how much money you got. What do you think, Abigail? Abigail. Who? What? Oh, that's I just that's who? who you've been Abigail this whole fucking time. No, no, I, I'm Fonda. No, no, I, I I need you to stand up and come with me. I got a call no. from a uh, no. I got a call from a Dude. Celeste saying I need to check your desk. My desk. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so. Let's... Wait, we'll leave, leave Abigail leave Abigail alone. What does she do in her desk? What's going on with her desk? There's nothing in my desk. Yeah, let them check it then. I'm kind of mad she gets a desk, but not one of us have a desk. You will stand in the corner like I tell you. Can I have her desk after he checks it? All two crimes right here. I'm seeing, uh, it looks like meth here and some knockoff Viagra. I don't know where that came from. Will the desk come with that? Yeah, it's, it's just like Celeste said it would be. Celeste doesn't know what she's talking about. No, no, I, you need to put your hands behind your back and come with me. No, no I, I don't want to go anywhere. Dick, help me. I wanted to talk to you. You've been using all our money on drugs. Now that I know where the money went, we couldn't even pay rent this month. Take oh, her come away. Come on, man. 
Oh, I was really fond of you dicks too. And now I'm not even fond of. Take her away, Virgil. Man, it's almost like she chose that name just for this moment. Yeah. Let's go, Abigail. Watch your head on the fucking door. When I get out of this mess, I'm going to come after you guys and you're all going to be in so much trouble. Oh, no. My mom's coming to give me trouble. Well, I'm going to come after you and I'm going to come after your families. I'm going to find your kids. I'm going to find my kids. Your parents. Everyone. I'm coming after everyone you know. For the record, Private Dicks retains all rights to this story. Netflix cannot take it. (laughs) (laughs) Hulu, let's talk. Ah! Shut the fuck up out there. There you go. Awesome. I like it. That's perfect. Do we know what law enforcement department he was with? Did you did you ever check? Did any of us check his ID? So that's the end of season one of Private Dicks. Abigail's in jail. Santa's a narc. Bob Mata's our lawyer. Things are getting weird. I wonder where season two is going to bring us. I have a couple announcements before we end the season here. This episode will have dropped on January 7th, 2022. And then in two weeks time on the 21st of January, we'll be doing a story episode, which doesn't have a case involved, but it will have a bit of private dick storyline going on in the background to just further the plot a little bit on february 4th we will be starting season two of private dicks okay so stay tuned for that you patreon animals and also that will be when we go public with season one of private dicks as the episodes from season one drop on our public feed Season two episodes will follow suit on the same day on the Patreon page for Unethical Podcast. Uh, That's our mama podcast. We're just the baby podcast that got birthed out of the mama podcast that is unethical. It's the other one that I'm on, so you should check that one out if you're just hearing this for the first time. If you're on Patreon, you already know. But that's where you can get the season ahead of Private Dicks. That'll be on our Unethical Patreon for the main show. There you can get all sorts of things you can get early access to uh, uncut episodes of unethical. There'll be uh, a season ahead of private dicks. There'll be uh, as the season one drops on the public feed, we'll be putting up the video of the episode uncut for you guys to peruse. There's uncut episodes of unethical episodes. There's bonus mini episodes. There's all sorts of great stuff to go check out there. If you're already a Patreon member, We appreciate it. And I'm glad that you guys are here to hear the future of the show uh, while the people are still stuck in the past. Learn what you already know. And if you're just hearing this on the public feed, you'll be hearing this September 2nd, 2022. Right now it's December 30th, 2021. That's how far ahead we are on episodes. So go to the Patreon and check it out. Don't forget. All right. So please, on February 4th, watch for the release of private dicks on a public feed and go sign up and give us five stars on that bad boy and go back on circle back over to unethical. If you've never listened to it before, you're going to love it. So thanks a lot, everyone that's listened to season one. I hope you like next week's story episode. Now let's let Oscar finish this off. Like he normally does.
just watch Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on! Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're gonna stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And if you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. Thank you.